the years have made you weak. Hello there, and welcome to part three of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show breakdown, whatever this is. You're listening to Curiosity Kill the Cat. I'm your host, Sarah, and I hope you enjoy this crazy-ass episode. Good luck. Your pain has just begun. are halfway through it. Uh, if we want to trust Disney Plus with the scheduling, yeah, we could do that. Or we could just choose to trust Ewan McGregor with the with the shit he said on the fly at uh, Star Wars Celebration. He just came out, out there on stage and he was like, uh, hope you guys enjoy episodes blah, 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 blah. And then and 7 and 8 and 9 and 10. And it was like, you know, that's just like a little funsies, little silly, goofy mood. But, you know, I was like chit-chatting with my sister and she's like, I, I think he's serious. And I was like, I, I don't think he is, but... I'll, hey, I'll take it. She's a, 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 a freaking obsessive Moulin Rouge fan, and she's been obsessed with Ewan McGregor for, you know, longer than I have, okay? My Obi time came after her Christian time. So, anyways, I trust her. I trust her Ewan McGregor judgment, you know? So, anyways, um, yeah, what an episode. We, uh, we get the reunion of a lifetime here, um... We have uh, poor, poor Obi-Wan going from thinking that he has to protect uh, one half of the twins, you know, on this sad planet from afar, you know, from the emperor, empire, empire, emperor, whatever. And, um, you know, that's, that's one thing. That's one big uh, mission to take on for, you know, the rest of your life. And, um you know, by the time of, by the time Revenge of the Sith ends, everybody's tired. You know what I mean? Nobody was more tired than poor Padme, right? She didn't, she didn't even make it, couldn't make it. And, um, you know, Anakin, you know, he looked really tired and, uh, torn and, uh, oh, Obi-Wan, oh, tired guy, tired guy, get him a nap. Somebody give him a nice warm towel, you know, for the face. And then just like a, just like a nice weighted blanket for him to just take a nice little rest. Okay. So everybody was tired, right? So I'd imagine the, the, the slight silver lining at the end of the revenge of the Sith tunnel was like, okay, well, obviously the the least, the least I can do as Obi-Wan Kenobi in life, you know, is just sit back and just kind of watch after protect this kid. Right. And, hopefully train him when the, when the time comes, whatever that would look like. Right. Um, can't even get that. Can't even get that. Right. Because Anakin is still fucking shit up. Darth Vader is still fucking shit up. Right. The Skywalker man is just leaving his drama for all sorts of people to clean up and take care of years and years later. And who does it best? Obi-Wan Kenobi. But you also have the Organas and you have um, the Lars also, you know, sticking their necks out and protecting these kids under great, great, great risk. (laughs) 
to their, to themselves, right? And none of them make it, none of them make it, right? We lose uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru around the same exact time we lose all of Alderaan. And I've just always assumed that um, Leia's parents were on that planet, although we don't really hear her complain or talk about it in the, in the, the trilogies. Not that I can really remember. Um, so it's just, it's very interesting. Luke and Leia lose these, you know, you know, their caretakers, their guardians, their parents, um, at the same time, pretty much. And they've just, we got Obi left, you know, Obi's the last one left. And <coughs> as, um, as a new hope, you know, really picks up speed there. And, um, we get, you know, for what, before the prequels, right? When it's just, when we just have these OG boobies, Woo! it's getting late. Um, we get this, uh, what we see is the, you know, the, the, this, this meeting, this final meeting between Vader and Obi-Wan, right? And he's doing the thing where he's just trying to keep Darth Vader, uh, off of Leia and Luke and, um, you know, trying to just, uh, become one with the force there eventually. Again, tired. We're all very tired, right? Obi's very tired, right? He's like, I just, you know, I trained Luke for about 10 minutes on the fucking ship, on the Falcon. You know, I got, I got him united with the sister again. We're good. We're good. I'm going to bounce right here. Right. And then, you know, he has that iconic line, you know, um, strike me down now and I shall become, uh, what is it? A thousand times more powerful than you could ever imagine or whatever, like fucking flair. Like these two dudes, man, have just been like, just like absolutely. I don't know their dynamic and the way they talk to each other. It was something before, before the breakup, you know what I mean? Before the most, the, before the incident on Mustafar. And, um, and since then, you know, every line is so sassy between Vader and, and Obi-Wan in A New Hope. And <coughs> we get, you know, this other iconic line, you know, your powers are weak, old man. And so when we get them together in this, uh, in this episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi, we get a play on it, on those words again. We get um, the years have made you weak. Uh, and we have James Earl Jones, uh, at the vocals, you know, at the, at the, at the, the lead singer of the band. Right. And we've got Hayden coming in that fucking lead guitar. Like he's like the slash of this shit. Okay. Um, just here to fuck shit up. Right. Just to like physically act this out. And I like made an edit today a couple, but like one in particular where I was like mashing up Mustafar, like a fucking dork, <laughs> like this new fight or whatever this fight was. Um, because it wasn't really a fight. You, you had, uh, you know, Obi-Wan doing the thing like he did in a new hope where he's literally just trying to pull Darth Vader away as far from Leia as he can for as long as he can. And if he dies, he dies the fuck, you know what I mean? And Vader's literally like one handed fighting him. Like he's fighting him with one hand. I know he only has technically the, he does, he, he just has the two, 
top arms left. You know what I mean? So it's like he's got these robotic fucking prosthetic arms and just the one slamming down into it just fucking woo it's something it's something and then you just have obi who's just trying to fucking brace himself protect himself just trying to like get through it you know and it just was something it was something the blue and the red it was so striking in that just dark that deep deep dark it's such a beautiful nighttime episode of 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 uh of a movie TV to watch. Um, I've put it on so many times and just like watching that part in particular, um, you know, even when the sabers aren't lit up and you just have Vader just there with the, just with that, just the, the tiniest bits of light reflecting off of the helmet and everything. It's just, it was something, dude. It was something to have this character who's been around for so long, who has been memed and, you know, we've got the, the fucking gifts of him and just like, you know, dancing Fortnite, Darth Vader. Like there's just been so many different um, types of media of, of Vader throughout the years, the decades, the 44, 45 years he's been around that like the fact that he could still be scary, um, and haunting and to taunt Obi-Wan in the way that he does. Um, it's like, it's just so very impressive. It's just like, I don't know. I'm still kind of lost into like what is even happening. And like I said, it's like, we're only halfway through the show. We're only halfway through it. So I just, it's a beautiful thing. Vader was always something that just intrigued me and stood out to me as a little kid so much. Um, how could he not? This just, imposing character and we had rogue one you know we had um baby vader and revenge of the sith and when i talk about baby vader i mean like pre-suit vader i'm talking about like freshly crowned lord vader right after after the the sad and tragic assassination and death of mace windu okay not cool anakin not cool take it back take it back um, after that, you know, we see Palpatine and his curdled white milk face, you know, uh, good, you know, just doing that vomit voice that Ian Badeerman talked about. Um, he just is like terrifying. He kills the, the, the younglings and the, and he does that thing to Padme. And then he tells R2 to stay at the fucking ship. It's just a lot. He's very scary, very imposing. Uh, when he fucking rolls up into Mustafar before Obi and, and Padme's even there. Scary with the eyes. Just like scary. Empire Strikes Back, Darth Vader. Like, hello? Huh? Han Solo? In the... In the 
the shit, you know? Even Lando was like, what the fuck, bro? We had a deal. And Vader was like, the deal means nothing to me. Dude, when he said the Grand Inquisitor means nothing, that was cool. Fucking James Earl Jones. Bringing it back to James Earl Jones. That voice. Oh my God. The most haunting voice in the universe, in the galaxy. For decades. For decades. And just, uh, you should have killed me when you had the chat. Oh my God. The enunciation on some of these words. Just like, and now you will suffer. Oh my God. I just like, the way he says third sister, I've been watching you third sister. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, and his fucking, the fucking, okay. All right. I was about to get into like the castle on Mustafar. I'm getting ready to talk about his cool eighties Coke Lord, Tony Montana looking office that he has. That he just broods out of the window, you know, just like just steeped in his trauma. Uh, getting put back together again, the chronic pain, the chronic just disfigurement, the process of, of putting himself together every day has to be painful and torturous. And it's just like this man is just living in this prison of just suffering and fear and hate. He is surrounded by nothing. He's surrounded by all his, all he's surrounded by is fear and dead men. Okay. Nobody means anything to him. He feeds off of everybody's fear of him. And it's just this never ending cycle, this never ending pit. And it's just like, Oh, and you know, it's nice that Obi-Wan has had 10 years of just being like, I'm not even gonna like, well, he has his nightmares. He had the nightmares, you know, of, of Anakin, but like, he didn't have to think about it beyond that. And now it's like, not only have I been protecting this one child for years against the the worst villain of all time, the most patient, uh, calculating, plans five steps ahead and ten steps backwards kind of a villain, Palpatine. Of course Palpatine would want Anakin and Padme's children, you know, regardless if Anakin was still alive or not, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So it's like you know, all right, here we go. Kidnapped Leia. Got to get off Tatooine. Got to go. Got to get back into it again. And it's like, man, we've been there where it's like, I don't think I could do this again. I don't think I could do this anymore. I don't think you should ask me. I think you should ask somebody else, honestly, TBH. And it's like, you can do it. No, you can do it. One tiny little step at a time. And, uh, you know, Anyways, one little sassy remark from Leia Organa at a time, right? So, uh, yeah, it's like, okay, um, you know, he, 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 he gets her, he gets her off of the one planet at the end of the, end of part two. And, um, they're just on this, on this cargo ship going to, um, what is this fucking planet called? Mapuza! awesome fucking score that like the music that came in when like we were flying the, the cargo ship into Mapusa, AKA the hiking trails of Southern California. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. This is like, this is what it looks like. Like if I were to go hiking in one of the mountains or Hills of San Diego here in SoCal, that's exactly what it looks like. 
So next time I go take a hike or I go camping, if I don't see the fucking ghost of Anakin Skywalker brooding in the middle of the fucking heat in a nice big old brown robe that I should be curled up inside of with him, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be there. I'll leave. I'll leave. Or I'll wait. I don't know. Anyways, um, talk about a moment. But anyways, back to the ship. This girl, okay, this little tiny princess is watching this full-grown, grown-up dude go through some of the, the shittiest shit he's ever, probably ever gone through. Just, like, processing it all within, like, just, like, a 10-minute time frame here. You know what I mean? He's calling for Kaigon again, okay? He's not answering. Motherfucker's probably not going to answer to, like, the last episode. <laughs> um, but that's okay. Whatever. If we get some Liam Neeson, that'll be good. Um... But Leia is like, he he's, you know, he's kind of sassy and impatient with her, which is like, you know, hey, I'm, I have two, I got two little boys. I've, I've been there where it's like you, you accidentally snap or say something and you're like, oh, like, I didn't even, I didn't even know what I just said. I'm really sorry. Can I just, can we do this again? Can I start over? Let's try again. <laughs> uh, and so she says something about her droid being broken, little Lola, which apparently Carrie Fisher, when she was a little girl, had a bird named Lola. So what does Leia have in this fucking show? A flying droid named Lola? Okay. 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 Are we all okay? Did you get your tissues? Are you crying yet? Anyway, so Lola breaks. And Obi-Wan's like, good. You know, good you know, like won't make noise, whatever. He's not even paying attention. And she's just like, okay. And like, man, that sucks when you're a kid and just like people are going through it and you're just sort of like, all right, I guess I'll just figure this out for myself. I guess I'll just put all the emotional puzzle pieces of trauma together in my head since nobody's communicating to me or explaining anything or discussing why they're upset or why you know, why something's wrong. I'll just figure it out for myself. Like the suicidal tendency songs, you know, the Pepsi one when Mike just wanted to get a Pepsi and nobody would get him a Pepsi. And anyways, somebody get Leia a Pepsi, just like a little, one of those little miniature ones, like a nice ice cold, fresh carbonated Pepsi. The, I know you're not like, you shouldn't give kids like caffeine and shit, but like, it's been a long day. She's again, Tired is the theme. Everybody is tired. Could you imagine that 10-year-old? She's fucking tired. And when they land at this planet, when she lands at this planet with this broken man, they have to walk? They have to walk trails in the fucking sun? What is this, like... Is this the Oregon Trail? Like, what are we doing here, bro? You don't even have... Where's the water? Where's the snack? Nobody... There's not even a backpack. We don't have a, a, a fucking fanny pack, like nothing. What does this kid have? Has she eaten? Anyways, uh, this podcast is not sponsored by Pepsi. If Leia wants a Coca-Cola, she can have a Coca-Cola. I just feel like the blue packaging of the Pepsi with the round is more fitting for space. Oh, why am I talking about soft drinks? You know what? Because it, this, I, okay. Whew. Have you ever just like had like a, like a conversation in your head super fast. And then like, you go to like, say what you're thinking, but like, it comes out like, um, 
like that moment in uh, Dumb and Dumber when Lloyd, anyways, whatever. I just like, I went from thinking about how like Pepsi is like the galaxy soda. And then I was just thinking like, I, I'm not like a big, like, oh, let's try this new flavor of soda. Like I've got my, I've got my jams, right? And shout out to, um, uh, at that guy, Garrick, right? He uh, always comes through with some clutch soda posts. All of his posts are, are good, but the, the soda ones. So when it comes to soda, we need a break. We need to, we need to take a, a break here from the OB1 shit. When it comes to sodas, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the skinny, the, the, the spin, the scoop, the tea on my kind of sodas. Okay. I like them fresh. Like you give me like the Sonic hospital style ice, right. And give me like the coldest cherry Coke or like cherry Pepsi you can find, find her and give her to me. That's what I want. Okay. Um, don't give me the hot canned soda poured over ice. Don't melt my ice. I want my ice to melt at a very like slow fucking pace, a slow burn. Okay. We want to keep that soda as bubbly and syrupy and effervescent as possible, like for as long as possible, for as long as humanly possible. And so, you know, Hey, what do you, we got, a, we got cactus cooler, right? You got cactus coolers, a fucking jam. I don't know if that's just like a SoCal Southern Southwest thing. I keep saying SoCal. I'm really sorry. I'm from SoCal and I don't, I don't say SoCal. I, I just say San Diego. Southern Southwest. I'm trying to say the Southwest. Cactus Cooler is like a Southwest drink, but like if you can get it in New York, let me know. New York listeners, let me know. I know some of you Brooklyn people are out there. Um, Ruby Red Squirt is the best soda that has ever been invented in the his in whatever scientific fucking mad scientist labs we make this shit in. Okay. I love it. Hard to find. I haven't seen it in years. I haven't had it in years. It still exists. I think you can find it from time to time, but Ruby red squirt squirts. Good. Squirts. Great. I will take squirt over Sprite over Sierra mist over Mountain Dew over any of your fucking bullshit bunk ass lemon, so-called lemon lime flavored sodas. You can take those and shove them up someplace that like, you can shove them wherever you want to shove them. Take them, get rid of them. As Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode herself said in one of the last Halloween movies, burn it all, burn it all. Burn all of your lemon lime fucking sodas into the fucking ground, but keep the squirt. Squirt is elite. It is a, a goat drink. And then you just add that. But for some reason, they were like, Ruby Red. I don't know what Ruby Red is. I don't even know what juice it is. But fuck me, it's good. It's the best. Okay? So, long story short, sodas. Cherry Pepsi, Cherry Coke. Cactus Cooler. Ruby Red Squirt. Squirts. Okay? And this is where 
we're bringing it back home here. Okay. We're, we're, we're pulling the cargo ship into Mapuza and I'm going to, I'm going to come back to Kenobi after I get to the point of the soda story. So like, you know, sure. Is Pepsi the fucking galaxy soda? Yeah. I've, I've, yes, I've crowned it the galaxy soda. I'm sorry, Coca-Cola, but this is where Coca-Cola gets redeemed. Okay. This is where we come in hot. Uh, like I sometimes like I'll get my kids these like fucking Zevia soda things. They're like, uh, I don't know. You get them at Sprouts. It's like soda, but not soda, whatever. And you know what? Sometimes I get the mini sodas, like the mini, like a little mini cola, a little mini Dr. Pepper, ginger ale. Oh my God. I said that you could burn all of the lemon lime flavored sodas, but I didn't talk about another kind of clear translucent colored soda. Now it's not a lamp. It's not lemon lime. It's not lemon lime. So it's not the same category, but same kind of like family. You know what I mean? Ginger ale, ginger ale, Schweppes or Canadian dry. That's all I want. Don't give me, I don't No, Don't give me pure sugar cane, organic, like, oh, the bartender's like, I can make you a fresh. No, don't make me a fresh ginger ale. Don't do that. No, no. I want the airplane. Like when you go on the airplane, like sometimes some airlines would give you the little mini glass bottle of the fucking ginger ale that you could put in your little plastic cup, which is like perfect. Or like the little mini can, which is fine, which is fine. I prefer the, I love the glass bottle sodas and glass bottles are elite. There's just, if you know, you know, sensory things. I don't know if you've picked up on this, but I'm a big sensory person. <laughs> and, uh, yes. So back to the mini sodas, we're always trying out, you know, I'm always like, you know, every now and then we'll, we'll get a, we'll get a couple different packs of these little mini sodas. We'll get some Dr. Peppers. So like I said, some gingy, some ginger rails, right? And, uh, you know, I just saw the Starlight Cola. I saw the Starlight Cola a couple weeks ago. And I was like, you know, I've heard about this. I saw at that Gary Garrick tweet about this. I've seen other people talk about this. And um, I need to, I need to get it. I'm just going to get it. I'm going to see, I'm going to see if the kids like it. If they like it, cool. If not, no big deal. So we were eating dinner one night, crack one open. And the, like this, 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 this beautiful galactic unicorn of a like style smell, just like, just, just like bubbled up out of like, like the, it was perfect. It was beautiful. This just like, I was like, what, what just happened? I feel like I just got high off of a soda. I didn't even drink it yet. All I did was open it. And like the little bubbles just like popped out of the can. And it just gave me this like cotton candy kind of like smell out of it. And then I went ahead and I took a sip and I was like, what the fuck did I just drink? I don't know what this is. It made my brain feel weird. It was like, it was like, I'm not a cream soda girl. Did I, have I brought, have I even mentioned the words cream and soda? No, not even one time in this five fucking minute spiel about sodas. I'm not, I'm not that girl. I'm just not a vanilla girl. I'm not a vanilla, you know, just, just want, I don't want the vanilla in my soda. I'm not a root beer girl either. Haven't even fucking brought up root beer either. No, thank you. Don't want it to burn that shit down too. Okay. I stop at the Dr. Pepper. Okay. Or the Mr. Pip. I'm not, no tea, no shade. 
okay? Well, let me take the, the, what is it, the Dr. Thunder, whatever the fuck the Walmart brand is. Love it. Another, they do the little mini, you could get the little Walmart brands like the mini sodas too, but whatever. Bring it back to the Starlight. Starlight, whatever. Wow, okay. Whew. I feel like I just drank one of the Starlight Colas, but I didn't. I had like a half a glass of champagne and I probably should drink more to calm down, but I can't because now I'm jacked up on Starlight Cola. I took one sip of it and I just was like, it's this weird combination of like cola and just this kind of sweet cotton candy, borderline vanilla-y, caramely taste, but it's like, it doesn't taste fake, but it is fake because it's soda. So it's essentially fake stuff, but it, and it's like pink, but it's brown. Like I poured it out because I was like, I need to see what it looks like. And you guys, I haven't, it's just Starlight Coca-Cola has been living rent free in my head for about less than a, a little close to a month now. Okay. I guess you could say we're getting serious. We're dating. Um, I just got more today at Target and I was like, fuck. Yeah. I didn't think that they had it. I was like, I went to like, look at the mini soda section and, um, I didn't think it was there. And then I saw it. I saw that pink sparkly little box and I was like, yeah, let's do this. And if you're wondering like why I'm so hellbent on like the miniature sodas, uh, because they stay fizzy and fresh the longest. Okay. You put that little bitch in the fridge, you take it out however many hours later, whenever you want your cold soda, and then you open it up and you have eight ounces of beautifully fresh, delightful soda. And it doesn't get flat. I mean, it does if you let it sit forever like a fucking weirdo, but like... Fine to me. Leia. Are you my real father? I wish I could say I was. But no, I'm not. Sometimes I try to imagine what he was like. I know that feeling. As Jedi were taken from our families when we were very young. I still have glimpses. Flashes, really. My mother's shawl. My father's hands. I remember a baby. A baby? Yes, I think I had a brother. I really don't remember him. We're tracking all possible exits. He will pay for the Grand Inquisitor. The Grand Inquisitor means nothing. Kenobi is all that matters now. Is that understood? Yes, my lord. I have been watching you, third sister. I know what it is you seek. Prove yourself, and the position of Grand Inquisitor is yours. Fail me, and you will not live to regret it. So we get back to Mapuza and, um, yeah, like I said, this poor child, like get her some snacks, get her some, I get it. I get it. They're on the run. They're on the run. Like, what are you going to do? Um, and whoever they're supposed to meet is not there. And Obi is just, 
who getting increased, like losing hope, just slowly but surely losing hope, little bit by little bit. And it's nice that Leia is going to be the one that gives it back to him. Um, it's just really beautiful. Um, and yeah, he uh, he explains to her that not all people are good. We get the ghost of Anakin Skywalker haunting him, just like a little chunk of the puzzle, letting him know he's there. Like, hey, sweetheart, you miss me? Um, and uh, yeah, they hitch a ride with the fucking, <laughs> with a MAGA gopher. Like, I don't even know. It's voiced by Zach Braff, which is like, all right, I see what you guys did there. He he did Garden State and Natalie Portman was in it. She was the Manny Pixie pixie pick what is that fucking what's the term manic pixie dream girl in that movie and so look at that now zach braff is in star wars poetry so anyways um what a character it was just ominous and just like you wouldn't think like you know this like mining gopher character would be so uh freaky and scary but like i wouldn't like want to get locked in his basement you know what i mean he fucking freaked me out so anyways we get the stormtroopers fucking hopping up right they pretend to be luma and um orden um and uh you know they're off visiting the mother's grave site or whatever story that they came up with and um obi accidentally calls her leia and he's like the storm one stormtrooper was like you just called her leia and he's like oh i'm so sorry when i look at her face it's it's as if i'm looking upon her you know looking at her mother's face again or whatever and um uh she just she's just looking at him and she knows that like he knows stuff you know what i mean and she we get the are you my real father thing and he handles it very beautifully and he says i wish and then rather than being like yeah, i knew your dad this or that blah, blah blah he deflects and i think a, a wonderfully healthy way in a relatable way he brings it around to something that he's experienced where he's like you know i i know kind of what it's like to be to go somewhere at a very young age where you're going from being with the people who brought you into this world to, you know, put, being put in the hands of, of other people who are going to take that responsibility and that, that, that weight on. Um, and so I don't know, I just, it just was done really well. And he talks about, um, remembering his mother a little bit, um, uh, his father's hands, possibly having a little brother. And, um, it just was beautiful. And it just kind of goes into that heartbreaking thing of like, you know, if he went on to the Jedi order at such a young age and, and had this vision of this baby brother in his mind, you know, Anakin's the closest thing to one he's ever had. Um, it's just fucking, you guys like, come on, like, <clears throat> gotta just tug at the heartstrings deborah chow good god deborah chow thank you for all that you do and all that you've given us so far we are truly not worthy you know when you see certain spots of this fandom truly some of us are not worthy um 
but yeah, so it was, it was a lovely touching moment. Um, Obi-Wan handled that very well. And, um, yeah, they end up at this gate and, uh, after, you know, the first batch of stormtroopers get the hell out of Dodge, we got a new one coming up. Right. And Freck, the driver, the gopher driver, um, with his empire insignia on the back of the truck, which is like, Ooh, that was like a fucking, like if you were to see a Confederate flag on the back of a pickup truck down South or something, it's a little bit like, Oh, okay. All right. That's, that's what's going on here. Okay. We're in the bad side. We're on the dark side of things here. We're on the back ass word side of things here, aren't we? Huh? And, uh, anyways, so he fucking is like, as soon as the stormtroopers roll up, he's like, Oh, I found these couple of strays in the middle of fucking wherever, you know, have at him. And then it's like, you haven't seen a Jedi, have you? And Obi-Wan with his hood up is like, I, I wouldn't know one if I saw one. <laughs> Jedi? Don't even. He did the Mariah Carey. He's like, I don't know her. I don't know her. And they were like, well, you look like her. And he was like, but I don't know her. And they were like, well, you you, you look like a Jedi, you sound like a Jedi, you talk like a Jedi. So, and then he was like, Oh, whatever. They had the probe come and then the probe, it's not going to happen. Right. And then we get pew, pew, pow, pow, blaster, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. Come on. It's fucking fight time. Right. And, um, I don't know. I just, I love choreography and I just love, um, that just Ewan McGregor has always looked so good. Like, you know, we always talk about him and Hayden, but like our guys, 50 baby, like our main character, the main characters of the last two big Disney shows over 50. Isn't that sexy? That is cool. I just love that. I think it's great. So anyways, um, uh, yeah. So, you know, he grabs Leia. They go to the fence that like my sister's like, I feel like they could have walked around that. And I was like, they for sure. But you know, let's shoot it. Why walk around the fence when you could just shoot the fucking gate and open it up? You know, I don't like walking around things. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we see one of the troopers before this fall down and get like sliced by the laser gate mall style, which was like very fitting considering, you know, we got Obi-Wan Kenobi running around here like a banshee, um, trying to save our, our little princess of Alderaan. And, um, I noticed he didn't kill Freck. He whacked him like whack-a-mole, <laughs> literally. He whacked them all. He fucking whacked him in the back. Oh, Jesus Christ. You see what they did there? Do you see what Star Wars did there? They had they had him play whack-a-mole. Anyways, so I just thought I, I that was interesting. Um, so then we have this whole little, uh, you know, the next ship of troopers coming in just when they think they're in the clear. And, uh, you get this, this one hot trooper, she comes in and she's like, get down on your knees. I don't know. She says something like that. And Obi-Wan Kenobi is like, uh, okay. <laughs> so anyways, um, then we see who we're going to find out is Tala. 
uh, beautiful Ilaria Sand from Game of Thrones, our Pedro Pascal Mandalorian connection here. They were lovers in Game of Thrones and in the books, um, the Red Viper, Oberyn Martell, and Ilaria Sand. Um, I think they had like a couple bastards together. He had like five bastards. All his bastards were called the Sand Snakes. Didn't really translate on the screen super fun or all that well. I blame, I don't know what I blame. I don't really blame anything <laughs> anymore at this point. But in the books, the Sand Snakes, pretty fucking cool. And uh, anyways, so Tala was Ilaria Sand in Game of Thrones and was the sexy fucking lover uh, companion partner to uh, Pedro Pascal's Oberyn Martell. And they were, they were very hot. Uh, very hot. Hotter than the Dornish sun. So, okay. All right. Let's just, just go. So she's not a bad guy. She looks pretty fucking good as a bad guy, but she is not a bad guy. Uh, she, you know, she just flips that around on them and is like, I, you know, come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want to live. Okay, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you sexy, broken old Jedi master, you. So anyways, uh, we, we get into town, we find out that, um, you know, they've got a pilot that they're supposed to hook up, hook up with here at some point. Um, she takes them back to this, uh, secret bunker, this Jedi safe house that they helped move Jedi and other people, as you can see, we're getting into like rebellion shit here soon. Um, this kind of tunnel system to, um, you know, move people move people on the, uh, the good side, if you will, around. And, um, we get a Quinlan Foss, uh, name drop. We have Obi looking at, um, something that he written and it, it's something along the lines of like, only when the eyes are closed, can you truly see the way? And I, from what I remember of the Dark Disciple book, the book that has to do with, um, Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Voss, teaming up together to go assassinate Dooku uh, on the orders of the Jedi Council, just so you know. Like, just so you know. Yoda and all them were like, let's do this. So anyways, they thought it would be a good idea sending a, a sweet summer child of a Jedi to go meet up with former Sith apprentice Asajj Ventress and learn from her. And he did learn from her. He learned how to tap into the dark side. He went too far into it. He became Captain Enigma, his alter ego, and actually went on the dark side with Dooku for a little bit. And there was this whole back and forth, back and forth in the fucking book. Um, and uh, there's a kind of a tragic end with Asajj Ventress's story here, but she kind of shows him something called... Um, uh, I think it's the way I, I'm trying to like, remember my best here. I've read it a few times, but it's been a while. Um, Tom and I from the clone cast have, uh, an episode from a few months ago, all about the dark disciple, um, novel. So if you want to get into more of the Quinlan Foss shit, you know, go check out that episode. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be cool. And, um, rumor has it O'Shea Jackson, um, might just end up being Quinlan Voss himself with the, you know, the yellow stripe of, 
of, of face paint across the eyes. And uh, it'll be it'll be cool to see if that's if that's the case, because uh, Obi-Wan got injured pretty bad at the end of this episode. And I wonder if Quinlan Voss might be able to offer some force healing or some shit like that. I don't know. I, I don't want to make any predictions or anything. I'm I'm a little too tired for that. We're all tired. Tired's the theme of this episode. <sighs> I need a Starlight Cola. It's literally the just like one of the best sodas ever. 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 Anyways, um, so yeah, any uh there's a moment in the Dark Disciple book where <coughs> Quinlan has to kill this creature thing and tap into the dark side. And like, it was crazy because like he tapped into this creature. He could feel its pain. He could feel its fear. He could feel its love, all of this stuff. <coughs> and he really didn't want to have to kill it. And, um, I don't know. I'm just wondering if like this whole, when we see Ray force heal and all this, like, I'm just wondering if we're going to see any of that. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. But, um, yeah, they've been helping Jedi for a while. So by the time Reva comes through and finds it, sniffs it out, she is like a great white shark, man. Just, whoa, just like in the deep dark sea. Just like, oh, oh God, I just like get shivers. I don't like sharks. I mean, I do like sharks. They scare me. Like, I'm so fucking afraid of them. You know what I mean? Like, fuck. Why would you want to be by a shark? You know? And like, that's what she was giving. When that door opened from like the, the place where Ned B, shout out to Ned B or Ned 8, whatever the name of that droid was with the fucking axe. He was ready, like, fuck around to find out droid. Like, he was ready to fucking throw down for Obi and Tala and Leia. Okay. He was ready to take the stormtroopers out. Didn't have to though. Didn't have to, um, said a lot without saying anything at all. I was about to start singing that Alison Krauss song. I'm not going to, cause I don't have that kind of a voice. I don't have that soft and whatever fucking, uh, she just, the door opens and just like, you see her, her just like her nostrils just flared like a little bit. And she just, she just like, she just took that, like, just this kind of soft, deep breath in, like, mm -hmm. she's just, she sees the synchronicities and she's looking for like the signs to, to tell her where to go. And it's just, it's really something. And again, I don't know where she's going with any of this. I don't know what her motive is. Is she, you know, does she really just want to be Vader's right hand man? Does she really hate the Jedi? Is she one of the younglings from the beginning? Like, what is it? What is she going to do with Leia? Does she even know who Leia really is? If she did know who Leia was, whoo, holy fucking shit. Would she even want to tell Vader? Like, you know, huh? I love this show. I just love this show. I'm happy to have it. I'm a grateful girl. Grateful girl. Crazy girl. Grateful girl. Well, that's for all my TikTok friends out there. Um, I don't know. Where are we? Oh, now we're like, we're Vader. We need to get back to Vader. Vader shows up, right? Um, yeah. Um, 
time to protect Leia from her actual biological daddy. And and our 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 sweet beloved Obi-Wan plays the most immaculate game of hide and seek I've ever seen. The first couple watches I didn't really get what was going on cuz I don't ever usually get what's going on. So after about the fifth, sixth watch, I was like, oh, hey, he's the, <laughs> he's not really running away from, not that I thought he was running away from him. I just, I knew something was going on. I just didn't know what it was. <laughs> and then I knew what it was. He's, he's, he's playing hide and seek. He's getting them the fuck out of getting him as far away from Leia as possible and just that's sexy. I think that's really hot. It's really hot of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then things get really, really hot when like Darth Vader is like, do you want to know how it feels? <laughs> like he's that scary girl that you broke up with and like, she never left you alone. Like that's the five Darth Vader was giving me and like, whoo, whoo, whoo. <sighs> yeah. You know? Um, He's just, uh, he's so sassy and he's so deep in it. And like, I don't know. It was when he just like, Ewan McGregor talked about how crazy it was when they were on the set and Hayden popping up in the, in the Vader suit, just like coming up behind him. So it's was like, well, okay, well, I think we're going to see Vader, you know, pop up behind Obi and that's how, you know, we're going to see it go down. And it was beautiful. It was just like, it just like was like, woo. And then when he wasn't like right by Obi-Wan Kenobi, like when they were like yards, you know, like fucking 20 yards apart from each other, he just was so hulkingly ominous and just like Michael Myers, you know, um, just like, just, just like, it's like, I don't know, dead, but alive, so alive, you know, alive with hate and just like vengeance and I'm just going to toy with you and taunt you. And I could, he could have, this could have been over in five parsecs, you know what I mean? But like, it's not going to be, nor should it. And by the time he has him up in the air, you know, and then he takes the, he's holding him up with the one hand and he's fucking like shot all those like crystally things down the explosives, whatever the flammable crystals. I didn't know there were flammable crystals, but I guess there are. And I'm, I'm one of those like crystal girls. I love, I've got them right here. I've got it. I've got some Howlite right here and some Adventure Teen and some, oh my God, no wonder why I've been talking about fucking colas. I literally have this little gem right here, this gemstone, and it's called Cola Calcite. And it's a really beautiful, it's like brown, obviously. <laughs> of course, a Cola Calcite gemstone would be brown. Um, wow. You want to tell me crystals aren't real? You want to tell me the powers of gemstone aren't real? Tell me why I spent almost 10 minutes going into a rant about 
colas and sodas and carbonated beverages. Hmm? Because I just nonchalantly had this co uh, this cola calcite just sitting here, literally right in front of me, in front of my microphone. So anyways, um, the burning crystal things, that was cool. So he's like holding them up with the one hand and then with his fucking saber, like, dude, you want to tell me Anakin couldn't have handled, he would have, he could have juggled those twins. I, okay, hold on. Sorry. Again, with the, like the conversation in the head thing. So he's holding them up with the one hand and then it's like with the fucking red saber, he fucking lights that shit on fire with the other hand. Right. And I, we, we, we have an ambidextrous king here. Okay. If he would have had his twins, if he would have fucking just fucking would have killed Palpatine, even with Padme, if even if Padme died, if he could have fucking just stayed around for those kids, he could have fucking, he would have juggled those two like nothing, like not, like it was nobody's problem. He would have been dad of the year of the, of the galaxy. But that's a conversation for another day. And I'm going to do what the weekend says and I'm going to save my tears for another day. But I could, I'm just picturing Anakin Skywalker juggling little, little, little chunky twins, you know, little, little blonde one, little brunette one, you know, sweet little docile Luke and little fucking sassy, never stops, never naps, never sleeps Leia. Oh my God. Anyways, whatever. Fuck you, Anakin. You hurt my feelings. Anyways, and Obi-Wan. So anyways, Obi's just like up in the air looking like the Jesus that he is. I'm not even a Jesus girl. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he was looking like a, he, he was looking like that guy on the cross. He was, he was like, wow, that looked like very, very, uh, I don't know. That had Gothic Catholic vibes. I don't know. It was like, if you've ever been in a Catholic church, it's fucking like the horror scenes are literally in stained glass. Like you literally have like the whole process of like the crucifixion in like tiny stages in like 50 different glass stained glass windows in a row until you get to like the big old fucking motherfucker. And he's just up there bleeding with like, you know, it's just like, whoa, are we supposed to have fun here? Is this supposed to be a place where I'm supposed to get excited and feel joy? Cause I feel dread and I feel sad. And if you guys make me eat another one of those mother fucking dry ass wafer crackers that leave the most bitter, disgusting, I just ate paper taste in my mouth. I'd rather eat the fucking construction paper from kindergarten than eat another one of your Jesus body bread wafer acid tablets. At least put some acid in it so we can fucking trip out and look at the stained glass ceilings move while we're here for the next hour and a half. And then have to go to the breakfast place. You know what? You know what used to happen sometimes after we'd go to church? We didn't go to Catholic church for too long because, like, by the time eighth grade rolled around, I looked at my parents and I was like, you really can't expect me to, like, believe in this shit. And, like, I can't. I can't keep it up. You guys can't keep it up. Like, how long are we going to... Do you guys want to keep doing this for? Because we could stop. We could... We don't have to keep going with this. And they were like no, you're right. And I was like, thank you. 
thank you thank you because i would have to go to catechism which is like ccd it was like after it wasn't sunday school it was like literal like catholic lessons i would have to go after school on the weekdays and the evening and shit like i would have to go like go to school go to cheer practice for hours and then go to fucking catholic catechism and learn about fucking i don't even know what i learned i don't even remember i just remember that the lady the nun lady got mad one time because i was like i don't believe that the, the virgin mary was a virgin and I said that and they were like, she is. And I was like, I just think she lied. And then they were like, you don't get it. And I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to fucking get here. I believe that she, Shmi Skywalker had a, a, a you know, an imaginary unicorn pregnancy, not imaginary, like a, you know, she had one of those, like, oh, hey, <laughs> he was just there, you know? I believe that more than I believe whatever. Catholic church, churches, they're gothic. And I just felt like, you know, we always make the Jesus, Obi. I've never talked this much about Jesus in my whole entire life. <sighs> What's become of me? Look what I've become. I sound like a fucking, uh, what are those? What do they call them? The, uh, the, <laughs> the counselors, the church counselors, whatever. Anyways. Um, but yeah, our, our guy, Obi was serving major, um, like graphic Catholic horror vibes, you know, like just up in the sky, just like, just like, just ascended. He, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. And then he just, I, well, we knew what was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen because the, because the, because of the, you know, we knew what was going to happen because the, the fire and we were, you know, hashtag never forget Mustafar, uh, Mustafar remembers, you know, to make another Game of Thrones reference. Um, so we knew that, the, you know, he was going to be dragged through the coals. We knew that it was going to happen and it doesn't make it any like less hard to watch. It was like, it was truly something. Um, and like I said, I've, I've been, I've been making these little these little edits and man seeing like Anakin's face screaming out in pain on Mustafar and then seeing Obi-Wan's it was just like woo the like the how do you like that energy was thick and like um it's just uh I, you know I've been watching this with my boys and my sister and uh my dad was over the other day and we watched the the first two ones um and I, I talked to him the other day and he brought up out of nowhere. He was like, oh, I watched the the other Obi-Wan Kenobi episode. And he was like, it was really good. I liked it. And I was talking to my sister and I was like, he doesn't usually bring up like Star Wars or whatever, you know, like on his own. Like I have to <laughs> like, duh, you know? Um, and so I thought that was pretty cool. So just like, you know, 
you've got people who just like, hey, who just like Star Wars in general, you know, watching this show on their own, on their own time, in the privacy of their own homes, and uh, taking it in. And I love it. And uh, when Vader came walking down the street, right, when we saw him with the fucking, the son and the father, which talk about symbolism, right? <laughs> talk about the Luke and Vader symbolism there. Um, and dragging the woman in the street. And then as soon as he knows where Obi-Wan Kenobi's at and the head turns, holy fucking shit, I felt my soul leave my body, dude. And Obi-Wan Kenobi, he's quick, man. He knows how to, he knows how to go. But like, uh, you never see Vader run. And I think it's like, I don't think I'm qualified to get into like, you know, prosthetics or anything like that. But just like, we see at the beginning of the episode, what it takes for him to go out into the day every day. And it's like the athleticism that we saw Anakin have, the running and climbing and jumping and flipping and moving you know, the, the guy was fast all the fucking time. You know, this is just a stalking towards you. Yes, is there brute strength once he's in your face? Yeah. Can he force lift you, force choke you, force crush crush you, force dementor your ass, suck the soul out of your body? Yeah. But like, you know, it's a slow... I keep saying slow burn, but he's a slow burn dude. And then when he lashes out, he lashes out. And I just thought that just was really pretty, just a, it's just like a wild contrast between the before and after. And when he was walking down the streets, when I was watching it with my kids, my, first of all, my oldest, my nine-year-old, my nine-year-old. The nine-year-old was like, oh, mom, look at the drip. And then without skipping a beat, my six-year-old goes, oh, oh, cape, cape, shoes, saber. Like, you know, like, oh, listen, listen, listen. Only the female gaze could give you Darth Vader walking down the street like that. Only the female gaze of a director could give you Hayden Christensen stomping out of his chambers after getting all the, getting his arms put back on and his mask on and the fucking breathing shit, right? And his cool little buttons. When he came out of there, that walk, that catwalk, are you fucking, fucking me right now? It was just too much to take in, okay? And then with the, with the beauty of the Mustafar and the drama, and the brooding and the flare, and then we get the, the drip of, of him and the, the, the Anakin ghost in the desert looking at, with leaning, he was leaning. He was leaning into it. Oh God, it was something. <clears throat> but my kids were fucking jacked. They were just like, Look at him, mom. Look how cool he looks. And like, again, just to go back to like, 
the image of Darth Vader has been scary. It's been memed. It's been around, you know, you can make fun of the clunky fights from the, from the, from a new hope if all you want, you know, but like, he's one of the most legendary, scary ass motherfuckers of all time. And like the fact that like, I need to take a drink. The fact that like, you know, my six-year-old could look at him going down that street and the image, every detail of his image, the cape and the shoes and the saber. And he just like, and, and just like, <laughs> he didn't even know what to do. And it's like, he's doing some gnarly shit coming down the street. You know what I mean? And the both of them. And for my nine-year-old who's, who's getting pretty cool. You know what I mean? He's, he's going to be 10 here in a month. And it's like, he's, he's, you know, he's a, he's a cool ass little kid, you know? And he's, he, he, I already can't keep up with, with the shit that he says and the stuff he brings up. And it's just like, I don't know. We were, he was, he put on a new anime the other day. I think it was Demon Slayer. And like one of the main characters, he just like, he said the same thing he said about Vader. He was like, oh, mom, look at his drip. Look at that checkered like poncho drip he has mom check it out and i was like yeah check out that drip oh <laughs> uh, and then when he said it about vader I almost died i was like jesus christ so the fact that like you know he's you know a little too cool for some of the star wars stuff now but not all of it it's 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 great and i love it and it's an honor it's just an honor to watch them watch their 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 little blue eyes get like fucking biggest saucers. Just like seeing this, you know, that's what I felt when I was a kid. Anytime it was on TV or we'd rent the movies, it just was like, who is this guy? You know, like, who is this guy? And then it was like the biggest thing to me. And then the acrobatics and then the flipping, you know, I, that's, that's second for me. And so when the prequels came out, you know, I was 13, 12 when Phantom Menace came out and I couldn't really connect with 10 year old Anakin. You know, I was already a little bit in my head too cool, you know, just like whatever. Just like, I just couldn't connect. I couldn't, couldn't do it at the time. And, you know, I've said it before, I, I unfortunately never saw Attack of the Clones in the theaters because, again, my headspace was elsewhere. I was into other shit. I was, you know, doing cheer and, you know, I don't know, just like, it's like, I was just as dorky as I was. I was kind of snobby. You know what I mean? We were all little snobs at one point. I think some of us still are. And that's okay. Standards are good. Snobbiness, no. You know what I mean? Just like, don't be snobby. Just like see what happens. You know what I mean? When it comes to like films and movies and characters and stuff. Because like there's shit like I didn't like back then that like I love now. And um, so when it came to Anakin and Vader's story, wanting to know like who the fuck is this person inside this mask? How did this even happen? You know, how did his, tw you know, his two kids end up on different sides of the universe and not be allowed you know, how come he wasn't allowed to have custody of his kids, right? Like, what happened here? And so, like, um, 
you know, by the time Revenge of the Sith came out and I went and saw it, 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 it just, it was there. It was just all there. And it was just like, okay, that's what happened. <laughs> okay. I wanted to know how this person ended up this way. And, uh, Got it. Got the message. Thank you, Revenge of the Sith. Thank you for that. Okay. Noted. <laughs> um, so yeah, and that, and that was like, that was super thrilling. And it was just like, okay, like, fuck. Yeah. All right. Let's go. All right. We know this, we know this tragic, awful, horrific story of, of, you know, Anakin Skywalker and Padme and, um, the unfortunate hand that their two little twins were dealt with um, when they came into the world. Uh, but luckily for both of them, they had um, parents on both ends that loved them dearly and took care of them, knowing that it would probably be their end <laughs> eventually, hopefully later than sooner. And, um, yeah, so shout out to the Lars, shout out to the Breas, shout out to the Obi-Wan Kenobis. Um, it just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Our poor guy, he's, he just fucking, he's just got barbecued, man. He just like, he got the treatment and luckily Tala, you know, um, she sent Leia on her way and she was like, I'm going to go save Obi. And she did. She went pew, pew, boom, boom. And, uh, the Ned came in, uh, the Ned droid came in and took our guy Obi out. And, you know, speaking of Neds, I do get a little, oh God, I'm not to bring this back to Game of Thrones. Um, I was getting like some Ned Stark vibes from Obi-Wan, especially the first two parts, but like throughout the series so far. Just kind of like, you know, you keep your secrets, you, you know, he has the secrets and Leia, sweet Leia is smart enough and, um, in tune enough to know that. And she's not going to be gaslit and she's not going to be gatekept. She is going to be told what's going on. Um, she doesn't care how you've got to explain it, but just let her in. You know what I mean? Just like, give her something, you know? And, um, yeah, I just, I just feel like when Tala came up to Obi-Wan Kenobi, I feel like she, uh, I feel like she should have gave him a little, like, I don't know, kiss on the forehead <laughs> or, a, or like, like brushed the hair off, you know, softly just brush, like just right off of his brow. You know what I mean? Like, or like, just like her finger, well, <clears throat> something, some kind of a reprieve, some sort of like, but maybe we'll get it. I don't know. Um, the actress did say that she had like headcanon that like this chick was probably in love with Obi-Wan Kenobi at some point. And it's like, fuck yeah. Who isn't, who isn't as much as I'm an Anakin Vader girl, like we all know this. Um, we all, it has to be understood. Like it's unspoken that like, obviously, Obi's the healthy one, right? You know, like, that's my boyfriend. <laughs> um, he doesn't know it, 
but yes. Um, anyways, uh, I saw on Twitter, people were doing this thing where they're like, oh, these characters, like Star Wars characters, like four characters that have like the same letter as your name. And I was like trying to think, I was like, I can't really think of anybody whose name start with an S. And then I was like, Snoke. And then I was like, Sidious. And then I was like, Shmi. And then I was like, Satine. Woo! The Duchess. Yes. Um, give us the Moulin Rouge, like, love. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm not even, like, even in that arc in the Clone Wars. I just I just know. You know what I mean? Um, Obatine is hot. I think Satine is a hot character. She's got nice blonde hair. She looks like Kate Blanchett. I think they modeled her look after Kate Blanchett, but the character but like the the name and the duchess thing is like that's obviously Satine the Duchess from Moulin Rouge. I don't know what that accent was. That was kind of French, but it just it went into I don't know. It's late and I'm tired. So anyways, I don't know what else to say. I mean Yeah. It would have been great if they would have kissed. I would have taken a kiss, but you know, there was a lot going on in that scene. So, you know. Um but Reva man I just, oh, she's just like this, an enigma. I just, is she going to catch up to Leia? You know what I mean? Is she going to like whoo, force, gra force grab her ass and like pull her to her? Um, You know, what are we, what are we going to see here with her? I just, I don't know. And then you have the fifth brother who's just fucking like seething. Just like, he's like, you called, you called dad? Oh, okay. All right. Just, you know, and, um, you know, he tells her later, he's like, well, guess what? I just called dad. And she's like, I don't fucking even really care because I already have my own thing going on. Dad's going to take me to the movies next weekend without you. And he's like, you know, it's just like, it's the sibling squabbling energy. And I just, I just, I love it so much. And I think everything that Reva says or responds to is like a doubly is like a, I don't think a double entendre is the right word to say here. I'm not being very articulate right now. It's very late. Um, she like, it's like the thing where you look back on some of the, some of the dialogue here in star Wars and it's like, Oh, well that meant that. And that like when Obi-Wan says, you know, I'm a, I'm a, an old friend of your father's. Well, yeah. Bales and Anakin's, you know? And I feel like we're getting that with Reva. Like, I swear to God, I think that like 90% of the dialogue written from written for her, we're going to see has another meaning to it. And I'm really excited because I like puzzle pieces and there've been a few shows and movies where like, I got super excited trying to like figure stuff out and like, you know, want to look for all these clues and hidden meanings and stuff. Obviously game of Thrones comes to mind and, and they just sort of fizzled, you know, there was like thinking too hard or thinking smarter than the show, not smarter than the show. That sounds super arrogant. Um, just looking way more into something than like it needed to be like looked into. And, um, I just, I think there's going to be a payoff here. I think there's going to be something really, really big 
with her, whether it's going to be a, a, a turning on Vader or I don't know what it is. I don't know if she's going to be the key element into keeping, um, you know, Luke safe, Leia safe, Obi safe, whatever. Um, it's going to be something. And um, I don't know. I just love this character so much. She's one of my favorite dark side characters. I want her outfit really, really, really bad. Really bad. But uh, yeah, so Moses Ingram is just like, she's like, she does these subtle things, but then like these headstrong things. You know what I mean? Like when the fifth brother gets like really pissed. I don't know. Like when he fucking sprawled her ass out and like put her arms down on the table, she didn't look super pissed off. You know what I mean? She almost looked like amused. And I was like, what is that? You know? And it's like Sun Kang. Oh my God. It's like, I just like what he's doing with the fifth brother. I think it's so cool. Um, I, 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 I don't know what happened the other day. I tweeted about him um, being cast in Kenobi because um, I just I, I don't even really like watch the Fast and Furious movies. Um, but if I do, I'm only watching them for one person and one person only. And it's Han since Tokyo Drift. I think I brought I think I talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but like 2005, 2006 was a was a big time. That was like, that was like, you know, getting out of high school, you know, finishing high school, getting out of high school, all that stuff. So see, when I saw Tokyo Drift, it was like, that wasn't even a movie I would have fucking seen. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even think I saw the second Fast and Furious. It was just like, I just was going to see, Hey, you know what? Same thing with the fucking, the, the prequel. Saw the first one, didn't see the second one, saw the third one. My life changed. Fucking whew. I remember I was like, I like the way this guy eats. I like the way he drifts and I like the way he dies, but doesn't die. You know what I mean? <laughs> he just keeps coming back. And then, uh, yeah, he's got like the, the hot Gal Gadot Giselle girlfriend in the fucking, the 50 new ones that they've made over the last five years. I don't know, but like, yeah, Han. <laughs> and like, just like, I don't know. It's just so good. It's just, come on, come on. Uh, of course he belongs in this universe. Okay. It, it's been written in stone. They manifested it when they made his character in Tokyo Drift. Um, so I think that's great. Uh, but anyways, I, I tweeted about it and like it went, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. It had it, like hit 30,000 likes and that was like, oh, okay cool. Um, so anyways, um, that was fun. Um, but yeah, so anyways, um, I don't know. I gotta stop talking. I'm sure I might've missed a few things. I don't really know. This was just like the one episode. So, um, are you my real father? No, I am your father. Uh, anyways, um, I thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you for hanging in there. Uh, late night episode, uh, I'll try to get these out a little bit sooner, but like, it's just a lot more fun to record after I've watched it with like, like I said, like 
my, with the boys, with my sister, um, after I've, you know, info dumped on my mom a thousand times. Um, so looking forward to part four. Um, I hope you guys are safe and healthy out there. Um, just, just be careful. The COVID shit, it just sucks. Um, and it's not even just like, just COVID. Like if you already have pre-existing shit and you get COVID, it just really messes stuff up. When I got COVID <clears throat> back in February, it really like triggered my Crohn's disease and I had like this flare up and it just was like, just like a really, uh, like just funky few weeks after that. Just like not fun. Just like no energy. Like, you know, the one audio of Gaga where she's like, no sleep club club, no sleep. Second club. It was just sleep, sleep, no club, no club. Stay home, sleep, sleep some more. Don't exist outside. What is the sun? Sleep. That's what it felt like. And it was draining and it took uh, quite a hot minute to uh, get the fucking, I don't know, just to get like some fucking actual energy back into my life. So uh, with that being said, just be super careful, be super safe. Um, and um, I don't know. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Um if you guys want to see silly uh, Star Wars um, edits or Marvel edits or whatever, um, you can catch me on TikTok now as well, Sarah Palpatine and Sarah Palpatine on Twitter. Um, I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Bonus thought because you wanted it, you needed it, and now you have it. Um, the only kind of big thing I think that's going to happen uh, in terms of like uh, uh you know, theorizing for this part four episode that we're going to have here shortly. Um, I think we're going to see, um, Leia meet somebody specific, uh, whether it's going to be Vader remains to be seen. Um, I'm not sure if she like caught a glimpse of him through the door that like Obi was like peeking out of, um, towards the end of the episode there. But I think based off of the, line of dialogue in a new hope you know the og the number one where everything has been based off of since then right from the clone wars to anakin's name to uh, just all this shit right um before the dark times the empire blah 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 leia says to tarkin uh i recognized your foul stench you know with her little kind of like english pacific uh transit transact transatlantic accent kind of you know what I mean like um you know how she has that accent kind of at first and then they, they were like I don't think we need to really do this anymore and she was like fine cool I'll just I'll just be I'll just use my Carrie Fisher Princess Leia voice you know what I mean um but it was really cute so anyway she says that and you know if we're if we're building this whole you know universe off of you know this one movie, this beginning film here. Um, I would read that now in retrospect as like, well, if she recognizes his foul stench, that could just be a saying. But like now it seems like, well, did she meet him before? Has she ever encountered him before? Is she going to get thrown? God, I hope she doesn't get like 
thrown into like a cell on the ship like she does in a new hope she's already been through so much in this episode the little girl is tired she needs to go home to her mother and her father and just be comforted comforted in the um beautiful regal snowy tipped mountains of alderaan okay there's only a few years left of that place existing and you know, you got to enjoy it while it's there. Um, so anyways, that's the only thing I think, I think it would be really cool if we see her, um, if we see some kind of a weird version of Tarkin, whether they deep fake it or find somebody else to do it remains to be seen, but they did it in Rogue One and it was fine. And that was like years and years and years and years ago when like these kind of digital characters they would create that were like past characters like they did it in Tron Tron Legacy was like one of the first ones I that come to mind right now that really went in with that um but it still kind of had that gamey video gamey kind of feel to it but nonetheless you know I can squint my eyes I you know and, and blur it out a little bit to where it looks real you know what I mean when you're like a little kid and you're like oh wow look at I just changed the filter to like what I'm looking at because now my eyelashes are blocking my eyesight. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you just kind of just imagine how things really look in your head and you can kind of like cohesively put them together and it's not really a big deal and I don't stress out about it too much. Um, the Luke stuff is beginning to stress me out a little bit, but you know, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll cross that uncanny valley bridge when we get there i guess but anyways i hope we see leia and tarkin and i'm gonna say goodbye for the 25th thousandth time in this episode um i i just uh yeah you know good luck galaxy speed may you get anywhere you need to go to within 12 parsecs or less bye you cannot run <laughs> Thank you, Juan.